The views and opinions expressed on From the Mouths of Madness are that of the panel and not of the Geeks Under the Influence Network or their sponsors. Amazon.com and TeePublic.com. Listeners, beware. Welcome back to another episode. We're coming from the mouths of madness. I'm Lowdown. With me, as always, is Fu Hunter. What's up, bitches? And tonight, for the first time on from the mouths of madness, we've got Fabian. Hey, good to be here. Yeah, man. And um, I actually asked you on. We asked you on to this episode specifically because we are going to be talking about the composers of horror. And Fabian himself is a bit of a composer slash director. He's got some stuff going on there. Well, thank you so much. I, I do some of my composition stuff, and I have a lot of friends that are all in bands. Uh, we all like metal. We all like horror movies. Uh, I think we're all in bands because we all grew up watching the same horror movies and, and, and thought, <laughs> okay, well. That's all of us, too. So. Exactly. So we need to make music that fits that feeling that we got so long ago. And uh, I think that's kind of where we all kind of came from. Uh, and as far as the movies go, I guess my most recent project, what I'm working on right now, is a rock opera. Uh, a part two to a Lovecraft rock opera I did just a couple years ago that went over really well. Yeah. And no. uh, working on this new one, it's called Forsaken Rock Opera of Chaos. Mm-hmm. The first one was called Photogen Rock Opera of Doom. And uh, so it did well enough, and I've got a good enough story. I have a hard time with sequels because i always fear they're not going to be as good as the original Mm -hmm. and i had an idea that i believe is equal if not better than the first the music is recorded and sounds great and so i'm very happy about it i would say you've shared a couple uh clips like i feel like it was the very beginning of the film that you shared yes and um it seems like a fucking acid trip (laughs) it kind of is i'm down i'm just saying like i'm like oh (laughs) this is gonna be fun okay i like to keep everything as surreal as possible uh because i think surrealism is funny and if you happen to be drunk or high then you know it's even better yeah Yeah. i mean considering the last couple movies that i've really loved horror wise that have come out is midsummer which we talked about and mandy which both are like fucking acid trip movies yeah there you go (laughs) true um no i mean midsummer kind of and mandy definitely is a fucking acid i haven't seen mandy yet oh lord (laughs) you need to to watch that yeah it's it's pretty fucking amazing (laughs) yeah but we're not gonna get into mandy again i think we talked about that in the last episode (laughs) i think we talked about that almost every yeah yeah like I said, we're you know we wanted to do an episode about the composers of horror because I mean some of the greatest scores, I mean like our most iconic scores are in horror movies. Like you hear the little um, what's what instrument did they use at the beginning of Nightmare on Elm Street in that in that score that very beginning? It's almost it's not like is, a is that a harpsichord? Is that a harpsichord? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know for sure, but harpsichord is the first thing that comes to mind because it's not. It's piano-like, it's piano but I'm like. thinking it's yeah. a harpsichord. But I'm like, it's not piano, it's almost childish, which obviously they did on purpose, but I'm like, when you hear the first few, you're like, oh, okay, I know what that is. I don't know, there's just, it's just one of those scores. Same thing with, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween, like, boom. You don't have to hear the piano, it kicks in with that weird uh, metronome sound, and you're like, oh, this is Halloween. Well, it and, just sets the tone. I mean, right? so there's some of the great horror scores, like, that's, it's embedded in your head almost more than the dialogue of movies. You know, I mean, like you brought it up Halloween. Like, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of dialogue, but most everybody else, you just play the first few notes 
of that theme. Well, right there you said sets the tone. I mm -hmm. think every horror movie has to have a certain tone and a certain mood. And the scores, sometimes they are completely off the wall and sometimes they're really uh, subdued. And regardless, uh, I think the nature of the horror movie, how well you remember it, tends to be somewhat based on how the score was. Oh, 100%. I, I, without a doubt, there are certain movies, and as iconic as these movies are, because yes, there. I mean, when you watch Nightmare on Elm Street, when you watch, you know, Halloween, the cinematography and and the writing is amazing. These movies are great, but without that score, it would not be the same movie at all. Like to me, no, no. Now I'm not saying that other people make it makes a shit. Like some people don't give a shit about music. For me, they're almost nostalgic on some of these things. I'll hear them and it like takes me back. Just the music. Oh, yeah. yeah, and you say uh, some people might not care about the music. Well, the thing is, they don't know they care about the music. I think they're hearing it, and subconsciously, they think the movie's horrifying. Mm. And they would, and they say, oh, no, I'm, well, I'm not a big music guy, but they totally, the music is ultimately also what draws them in and terrifies them the, at the same time. Because if you've ever tried to watch a horror movie with the volume turned all the way down, it's nowhere near <laughs> no. the same situation. No. There's a few movies where the, there's lack of a score or very small score, and that works for those movies. I would say, but one that comes to my head is uh, Texas Chainsaw. That, you yeah, don't yeah. really need a score because it feels like a documentary, and that kind of be distracting to have like random ass fucking music That's and true. what's kind of that that documentary feel. The Exorcist. The, the, yeah. The ex well, I, the score in The Exorcist has like a pretty strong beat to it. I think, but yeah, yeah it's, but it's not bells, as right? continuous. It, yes, it has like it has a song that plays, but it's not continuous throughout the movie like right. a lot of movies are these days. Not no, not a lot of mood music. It's all just there's all, not a lot of music in the movie at all. Actually, no, you're it's, right. It's actually. little piano yeah. cues here and there yeah. that are like set up like outside the house. They kind of give that like there's mm, something fucked up about this uh, yeah. this house here. Like yeah, yeah, and that but yeah, it's a very like simplistic like score. But yeah, then then you've got other ones like we've already brought up, and I mean the main motherfucker. I mean, why don't yeah. just jump into the shit? Jump into that fucking yeah. John Carpenter. I mean, oh, that's I mean, my dude. That's my go, dude. The go-to score, I in my opinion, Halloween. Oh yeah, oh yeah. His and, are easy to start with. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, honestly, I feel like his is the most recognizable because mm -hmm. it's not just a composer; it is a director that writes all his own music for his movies, which. I you know isn't as isn't as that common you know and I feel like that's what makes him stand out. Plus he tours with his music. He tours with playing these scores. You know, like he just did a tour, came to DC, and I'm and I, I couldn't couldn't go to that. I'm really no, uh, don't don't bring it up. Uh, don't bring it up. Uh, right. uh, stay, on, stay on course. Uh, stay on uh, course. I mean, it, I think he toured for almost a year and just playing his scores with you know with like. Uh, stills in the back and stuff. I'm like, that's. I would love to fucking see him do that. Oh yeah, horror movie guys that also make music. Like, I I didn't know that Christopher Lee was in a metal band. Like, he was in his just goes it, to the legend of Christopher yeah, Lee even more. Awesome. You know? <laughs> Fuck, like he that. was already badass. You're like, oh, yeah. by the way, he yeah. also was in a metal band. You're like, that makes sense. Like some people were to tell you, like if like they're like Ernest Bergnine, you know, uh, after Escape from New York was in like a pop punk band. I'd be like. That you're full of shit, but Chris Lee in a metal band. Yep, yep, that makes that sense. Makes sense. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and outside of you know, Halloween's kind of got him recognized that 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 score. But I mean, he also did the music for uh, you know, The Fog, which came out after that, which has a, I thought is a really cool score. It's similar piano off time, but uh, to that, but it's just not the same. It's definitely more um, what's the word mystical. I guess yes, because you know it's it it sets the tone for that, like fog rolling in. You know, I don't know. It just all of his scores work for his movies. 
Yeah. Know? In the Mouth of Madness is probably my set. I fucking love that score. Well, I mean, yeah. I brought it up. It's, I mean, it, not necessarily a horror movie, but Carpenter, but Escape from New York. It's. Oh, yeah. That score is awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah that and some awesome. of the additional. Uh, and the music from Escape from LA, I personally like the bands that they brought in. So they, they kind of kept those going. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'd say that's probably the best part of the movie is yeah. the, the, the music, soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't care. I didn't. I saw the movie in the theater. I haven't seen it since, but I have the soundtrack. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I think that goes. I don't remember much liking the movie, but that soundtrack was pretty fucking badass. Um, they Live had a good score too. It's, yeah. It's 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 more of the of, it's not horror per se. It's more of the fun kind of like almost Big Trouble, Little China esque kind of that feel. keyboard sound. Yeah. Yeah. Now he contributed with this last halloween right like that was uh, he's listed as one of the main composers along with his son cody carpenter and that that score fucking kicks ass it if, if there who else can make the original halloween sound better than the original composer honestly yeah right yeah i mean rob zombie kind of tried <laughs> stop, stop it. Yeah. good 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 try zombie good try uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh, oh but no um and the fact he got to do it with his son, like if you look down the soundtrack, it's just both their names for every track, and you're like, God, could you imagine just composing with dad? Like, I don't know. I feel like that that's got to be awesome for that's both awesome. of them. Both of them, right? Oh yeah. Like he gets to do this with his son mm-hmm. on something he created, and then his son's like, "This is my dad. This is part of my dad's legacy. I'm getting to write in this," and I think that's fucking beautiful, honestly. It's really passing that that torch. And you mentioned while we're talking about John Carpenter, I didn't know this. You mentioned this earlier tonight. Uh, that he isn't the com- the main composer of the thing. Oh. No. That blew my mind. Yeah, that, I, they. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can pronounce it right. Ennio Morricone, I believe, is the uh, composer's name. But yeah, he's the one who actually composed the main score for. Oh, you the mean thing. the guy that did like the good, the bad, and the ugly and stuff like that? Like, yeah, that guy. Yeah, so Carpenter was like, "Hey, I'm not gonna do the score. Let me get somebody that's legendary to kind of help out." Did I pronounce his name right? Because I can. I don't. I don't. Let me see, this is yeah. where. Yeah. Groots. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Somebody <laughs> would be able to help with that, but no. I mean, like he came in and was like, "I've got this, but it's just there's something that's not yeah. sitting right with me." Can you help out? Bam! I fucking love that. Talk score. about being and talk about being like universal because like you went from spaghetti westerns to epic sci-fi horror, and all and he, he gave it this. It was just that weird ominous hum kind of thing that's it, it, fucking uh, bleak just like the landscape again setting the tone for the movie right well i yes. think i think that's the director that and I, I smile shit on me if i get it wrong but that did the uh score for the hateful eight that tarantino reached out to yes him. it is yeah yep. and you can pick up on that hateful eight soundtrack or score it's like it has this kind of weird dark tones mm-hmm. a la the thing yeah no, you're, and you're right. He did, and I think that's awesome too. Where you have you do have some composers that have strictly stuck with horror, and then you have ones that across the board can just write for the movie, which to me is like even a bigger artistic skill to be able to just put yourself in the film and write for that. Yeah, you know, it could be a rom com, it could be a Disney movie, you know, or an animated film. It could be a horror movie, you know, but you're putting yourself there and you're making good music, yeah. you know. But also, I think some of these, some of those composers, like you mentioned, we're talking like spaghetti westerns, Tarantino. These are also high art films as well. So they're all, they are putting themselves on movies that you can actually get absorb. You can absorb everything you're seeing, yes. and really put your whole soul into it, kind of thing. Now, I know you didn't get to see Carpenter. Am I trying to upset you? No. But the next one I like to talk about, both you and me did see in Richmond. Yeah, we just did two different shows. Yep. But my next go to with composer. Goblin. Claudio Simonetti. Yes. That dude, man. Oh, 
everybody has seen and everybody knows who he is because he was Argento's boy. Like he literally oh, yeah. did like every Argento movie pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and yes, we did get to see him. I got to see the showing of Deep Red with him and his band Goblin playing the soundtrack live in front of me. Got to meet him, shake his hand, talk to him. Oh, I was oh. not at that show, but the prior <laughs> the prior year, Suspiria. Yeah. Same experience. Played it live with the movie playing. Got to meet him afterwards. Fucking awesome. And yes. after the movie was done, all we do is take a brief intermission. And you come back, and he runs through his hits. So he played Suspiria. He played oh. Demons. He played Dawn of the Dead. Dead he yep. played Tenebre. He played Opera. He played all the fucking stuff that I wanted to hear. It's just in snippets, like a big me a medley. Yeah. And then some original yeah. stuff. It's an absolute genius. It's strange. What what always gets me, you hear about one-hit wonders. And you kind of expect everyone to be the one-hit wonder when it comes to bands and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, there's that song everybody knows. And when it comes to stuff like Goblin, and you think about a soundtrack like Suspiria, and, and move on to everything he's done. How does somebody create music that is that that hits the goal that close every single time and isn't a complete like every time you hear his music, it's not the same song rehashed. Like there are some composers that you can tell it's them because the song is kind of the same from mm -hmm. one movie to the next. And Goblin never, like, I never really had that feeling. No, I mean, like, the, the, the soundtrack for Deep Red is, like, leaps and bounds different than the sub, the soundtrack for Suspiria. Yeah. Leaps and bounds different than what he did for Romero and Dawn of the Dead. Like, completely different. Yeah. Again, it goes back to, like, he put himself in the in the director's vision and wrote for to the movie. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, he's the only, like, it's his band. And everybody else has been revolving throughout the decades. It's just, it's him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't tell with all the, like, mid-30 band members <laughs> yeah, with yeah, them yeah. and then this older dude, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, you should see, you should, I mean, I, uh, I, looked, I looked up um, some of his stuff back in the day and, like, uh, definitely uh, he used to have a different look <laughs> compared oh, yeah. to what you, but, I mean, really nice, really, really nice guy. Like, he, he waited out, like, when they did, like, after their show, you know, he sat there and he waited till every single person in line got through before, yep. you know, and they just and played. Taught. Yeah. And they just played what, like a three and a half hour set. Wow. I mean, fuck. Oh, that's energy. It's, yeah. When you're bringing something to the world like that, that makes everybody happy. Maybe it just kind of fuels you so you can last a bit longer. I'm just saying, yeah, because like I know when I, I got his, I got I jumped into the line. And I was like probably the fifth or sixth person and the line went like, I don't know. Fuck, it was like long, a hundred plus deep, and like he didn't just go sign by, sign by. He autographed, talked to every single person, you know, took photos. Like every, like he took time with each fan. So he was, I mean, shit. I think he probably was there for another two hours just at the table afterwards. Wow. And awesome. it's, I actually asked the bird, um, while because the one of the people from the bird was standing next to him, uh, when they were doing the signing and everything, and I was like, hey man, uh. You know, the Dawn of the Day anniversary Blu-ray. Well, mm -hmm. not anniversary, but the Blu-ray is coming out with a 4K restoration, which is why they did the Deep Red, because mm -hmm. uh, Arrow Video put out a 4K restoration of it. And I'm like, can we get, you know, Dawn of the Dead? Maybe? Kind of? With Please? him playing live? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just like, Please, oh, please. Oh. Oh. Right? Oh, yeah. right? That would yeah. be crazy. Right? Oh, I lose oh, my fucking man. mind. God damn it. Oh. Um, then there's Demons. I mean, he could come do a live performance of Demons. I fucking love that movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, yeah, that's the thing. It's like all these badass horror movies he's been a part of, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there's just something fucking amazing about them playing it live. You're watching this movie, and you've watched it so many times on whatever TV with the TV speakers. And the fucking band is like hitting you with this fucking score. Yeah. And you're watching it. 
it's just not the same experience. So. No, yeah, I, oh, yeah. So definitely, <laughs> definitely Goblin. Yeah, huge name in horror, and you know, I, I know there is he's still writing uh, original stuff, but I don't believe he's been back to do any horror movies. Mm, no, I don't think so. So some of the other composers. I mean, we got we wanted to get we did want to get some of the big ones out because honestly, we could do an episode on each of the large ones we talked about. We could right. do a whole episode on that. Exactly, but. There is tons of amazing, like tons of amazing scores that were written for horror. Like, for instance, we mentioned, um, I already mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street. That was Charles Bernstein. Um, that's pretty much what he did. I mean, that I that in horror that I would recognize. The only other thing he did the score to was Cujo, which had more of a kind of yeah. a family because it was supposed to. It was supposed that mo- the movie was supposed to have that feel where it's like, oh look at the dog he's playing and then he gets bit by a bat and then everything turns dark. Yeah. So and and the score definitely has that feel so okay he did his job there but an iron elm street score with the squealing and the metal working and mm-hmm. oh that's fucking it, it was beautiful yeah uh, it was beautiful though with the piano work and the way it sounded a little bit droney and kind of distant mm-hmm. it actually sounded like music that you might hear in a nightmare yeah and, and the the way composers do this I, i'm so fascinated by how they can capture the sound of a nightmare and, and bring it into their music. And Nightmare on Elm Street, absolutely, I think, is one of those that kind of pulled that off. And I will have to look up a, a composer for this. But in, and now this, I don't think this will be too far off topic because they're, this is a movie based on a video game, but the Silent Hill movies. Um, I don't remember the score for that. I saw, I remember the, seeing them both. I just don't remember the score for that. The score for the movie was taken from the video game. And the video game's score was so dark and industrial and droney. That stands as, as one of the scores that actually has kind of frightened me. It's, it's, I, it's, it's frightening. It's extremely de- depressing because the whole concept revolves mostly around death uh, and, and kind of being caught in this purgatory-like state. Mm-hmm. And so the m- music behind the movie and the game is very, you're trapped in a cloudy nowhere. Uh, okay. So that's one I, I think is really me- or worth mentioning. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I just, I need to go back and listen to it because I just don't, and, and, I, and again, I never played the games. Mm-hmm. I kind of went to it and just as like, oh, okay, this, I know this was a horror game. I want to at least check the movies out. And I feel like sometimes that's better because you're not expecting the game. You're just going in to look, to see a good horror movie right. based off a game. And I'm right? glad that the movie, you don't have to play the game to understand the movie or any of that. It, it stands on its own. All right. Um, I would actually throw out it's probably one of my favorite scores. Combo director with score is uh, The Shining. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> so that would be uh, Wendy Carlos. And then Rachel uh, Elkind, I think. It was. It had a combo when I looked on IMDb. Yeah. But that's, to me, yeah. that score is fucking everything with that movie. Oh, it yeah. sets the tone. The direction of Kubrick with that score, like just... Danny's walking towards room 237. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That score is fucking everything. Yes. That definitely, that, that score is one of those, like we talked about, where that movie would in no way be the same without that music. Oh, absolutely. At all. The, yeah. the music so set the tone, and you needed it to set the tone for such a huge kind of space. Mm-hmm. Like, you need something that kind of fills that space with the right with the right. Yeah, I feel like you were to watch that without that score, it definitely is a whole completely different movie. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, I think to take this in a slightly cheesier direction, uh, Richard Band, uh, the composer for uh, for 
From Beyond. I was just I going there. I loved I love the From Beyond music. Oh, yeah. Another dude who stuck with the director. Yeah, Stuart Gordon. Yes. He, he and Stuart Gordon did, what, three, maybe four movies together, mm -hmm. I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. yeah, awesome music. Yes. Awesome, awesome music. scores. And, and while we're on on Stuart Gordon, also uh, that Dagon. The music mm -hmm. in that, very fantasy and fantastical, but so fitting for, for the tone that needed to be set in that film. Um, and I mean, being on Richard Band, I mean, Reanimator and Bride of the Reanimator, he yes. did both of those scores. And let's face it, Reanimator is an ode to uh, Bernard Herman with Psycho. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? In fact, I at first I couldn't tell the difference between the songs. <laughs> yeah. And then, but I've also got to mention uh, uh, the what was that most recent Reanimator movie from Beyond, Beyond Reanimator? Reanimator. Yeah. I, they changed up the music a little bit for that mm -hmm. one, and yeah. I actually did like the musical change. I'm not going to talk about the movie, no. but the but the <laughs> but the music, <laughs> yeah. uh, the music evolved very nicely in that film as well. They 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 just varied it up a little bit, which is fine. I mean, that, that movie came out in the 2000s, and Reanimator was the 80s. So I mean, you, know, you got two, 20 years difference. Something's going to happen. That's fine. Yeah, you know. Oh, but yeah. I mean, what happened to the movie? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, some other big ones, Christopher Young. Uh, that's another movie that the music is. I feel like a big part of it. Um, both Hellraiser and then Hellbell and Hellraiser Two. Oh, Christopher yeah. Young yes. wrote both of, wrote the scores for that. That there's something about those scores that are uh, they're fucking dark. That's, yes, that's it works so well it. with Clive Barker's directing. Yes, it's another sort of fantasy kind of sound. And Clive Barker, I think he his movies tend to be kind of fantastical in that they. They ask you to go a little bit further than uh, most horror movies do. Yeah, uh, and often he he, I think he develops his his monsters, uh, his villains more than the average uh, writer develops their monsters. Like yeah. he he makes them people that you kind of want to like. I kind of I would hang out with Hellraiser. With, with oh Pinhead. yeah, I'd hang I'd have beers with that guy. Well, he said that was um one of the big things about Cabal that you want to hang out with these monsters the monsters are the good guys yes and and while we're talking about cabal uh danny elfman did the soundtrack for nightbreed and talking and, about giving it that dream yo, fantasy yeah. like that intro where they're running through this they're running yes. from the outside of the cemetery going through oh the gate. yeah i mean well, hey, it's elfman so you know what yeah. to expect but like it just it adds so much to the it, it is a dream sequence but it's really not because it's actually all the monsters running into Midian. I, I exactly. Beautiful. Well, Elfman has one of the best contributions of any horror thing, the title Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you hear that, like that's, yeah. that's, Elf, that's, oh yeah, that's pure Elfman, but yeah, like you hear that song and that's, yep. No, you're I, right. I, yes. Yeah. Yes. Because he hasn't really done much when it comes to horror, but just that contribution alone. It's yeah. like, well, it's crazy to think, Tales of the Crypt and The Simpsons, like Elfman's set for life, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. And he has, I, I think I also liked, though it was a little more subdued, what he did for uh, Sleepy Hollow was very interesting. It was I will give you that. soundtrack. Yeah, no, it was very I creepy. I will give you, I forgot about yeah. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, because it's, uh... yeah. Can we get a hard R creep, uh, Sleepy Hollow movie, please? I mean, seriously, a hard R Sleepy Hollow? I mean, the mm -hmm. book is actually... See, scary. my problem yeah. is, is that you've got Christopher Walken, 
He doesn't talk in it. You've got fucking Christian Walken, and he's growling and like he's not like I've got no head. Like I like, you know, like give me some dialogue. No, like it's a fucking waste. I know. You like, just get teeth. Look, yes, he is a very creepy looking motherfucker, but still, like you, it, it's tawny to have him say zero fucking words in a movie. That, that was a little sad. Yeah, no, it, it was. It was. It's like Vin Diesel is Groot. I, I mean, I was like, wow. So you're not going to put him to use for anything there. Yeah. He didn't get to say family once. I mean, you can always say Groot, so. Family, 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 family. <laughs> um, another composer that kind of tied to a director, we got Howard Shore mm-hmm. and Cronenberg. I mean, the they started with The Brood, which was a fucking horror movie. Did you ever see The Brood? Either of, either of you two? Hmm. I'm trying to remember. Was that I 70s? think I have. It was late 70s, and it was about the like, children that were almost oh, like yeah, 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 children, yeah. and they were just like beat the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that movie scared the piss out of me the yeah. first time I saw it. Yeah, good stuff. He also did the music for Dead Ringers, which in its own is a psychological horror movie. It's a fucked up movie. And Jeremy Irons, one of his best roles. He did the music for Scanners, mm-hmm. um, and he did the music for uh, The Fly. Did, yeah. he, did he do Dead Zone? Uh yes, he did do Dead Zone. Okay. Yes. Because Dead Zone has a really good Wait. tone score. Yeah, he did yeah, he did Dead Zone. Okay. Yes, he did. Yeah, I remember because that's one of the things that's one of those scores that like if if there was a score to be put to a Stephen King story, when I first saw that, A you had Christopher Walken, A it was and B it was Cronenberg, C that fucking score is awesome. Oh because yeah. it's I don't know, it just fit it so well. I don't know how else to put it. When I watch that movie, the as soon as the intro credits come on, I'm like in. I'm I'm all in the movie. And that, oh, yeah. that's what the score did for me. Really, I don't want to say underappreciated, but just is such a great tone setting score is uh, Jerry Goldsmith Alien, where it's that movie is yes. that movie, that fucking score, dude. That's what yes. I'm saying. <laughs> the, the score in that first half of the movie is so simple, minimal, very, it's very quiet. And then after the bad lunch, <laughs> yes, <it> gets, <laughs> that, is that what you call that scene? Yep, bad after lunch, bad lunch. lunch. <laughs> Uh, yeah. it gets really loud and like just like yeah so it, it's so effective because he has such control at the beginning of just having very quiet very you know everybody's waking up and like and just that kind of creepy tone when they're on the the planet and then yeah right after chestburster happens it has a fucking just pound you over the head to like, I, tone I have to support you on everything you just said because the alien soundtrack was magnificent it had some similarities to the 2001 kind of sound exactly. which I really appreciated it helped me get in the mood for a space movie yep the movie the soundtrack itself if you're just listening to it it's very calming at first which I absolutely loved because uh, because you want space to be kind of a futuristic thing. It's not Star Trekian what they're doing in that movie, but no. <laughs> I love that soundtrack and the soundtrack. The original Alien soundtrack was so good that you hear elements of it and and parts of it in all the other Alien movies. So Aliens used Alien soundtrack material, like when the Queen came after Ripley, and then most recently in uh, Prometheus, uh, there was a remix. Uh, a, a kind of updated version of hmm. the original, yeah. uh, some oh. of the uh, some of the original music that's on the soundtrack. I don't recall where in the movie it came. I'll, I have the soundtrack, so I had to get it. Now, it's not necessarily a horror movie because I mean I love Aliens, but it's more of an action movie. But James Warner is yeah. one of my Warner. favorite composers. Yes, and yeah. that score that's that score is fucking fucking amazing. Well, but tying James Horner into horror, he did he did team up with you know Corman with Humanoids of the Deep. He was that okay. He did, he did do the score for that. 
All right. So I that's kind of like, and Wolfen. He did the score for Wolfen. So not, not amazing scores, but Wolfen was a solid movie. Yeah. You know? And James Horner was another one of those that, that we, going back to what we were saying about Goblin, where he puts himself into every movie. Like the guy who did Aliens did Titanic. Yeah. And, and like all of his soundtracks are so deeply emotional. Can you do Avatar too? Yes. Yeah, I feel don't, like he did Avatar. Don't, don't blame on that. But, <laughs> he, <yeah. laughs> but he did do fucking Wrath of Khan. Like Wrath yes. of Khan yeah. and then Aliens back to back. Yeah. And then, and I didn't realize this till I watched the riff tracks of this. He did the score for Crawl because Dude. I was like, this sounds very, I was like, this is either James Horner or a motherfucker that really loved James Horner and stole his sound. And I looked on the credits. <laughs> it's fucking James Horner. Okay. Yeah, I, motherfucking I Crawl. I just discovered that about uh, Willow. Uh, I did. I like now that I'm older and I pay attention to the credits of stuff. I was watching Willow recently. I'm like, this sounds like James Horner. And, and so IMDb it. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Well, this yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it's. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, he he throws himself into the movie, and then he creates soundtracks that are so perfect that you you just walk away inspired. And I, but I love again. We, I love that. Like we just went through a gamut of different movies that Horner did, and it's like none of them are the same. I mean, yeah, no, <laughs> two of them were kind of bad. Titanic and Avatar. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. but, but the, the Titanic good. soundtrack. The soundtrack is so like when the ship's going down, you're like, oh my god. The only reason you care is because the music's awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not like we went to see Titanic and didn't know what was gonna happen. Exactly. <laughs> you just feel, <laughs> you feel bad because he had to work with Celine Dion. He's like, Aww. you know, like I fucking I made Wrath of Khan. I did fucking Aliens, and now I've got to work with this Canadian chick on this song about a boat sinking. This is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, room on that door. There was totally. There was totally there was room totally on that room door. On that rose. Door. Um, what a bitch. <laughs> now, a couple scores that I'm a fan of. Uh, so there's a band that is called Tangerine Dream. Yes. And they did The Keep, which oh, yeah. is yep. a really cool sleep. A lot of people don't aren't familiar with that one because it's kind of a sleeper, older 70s horror movie. Yeah. Um, then Near Dark. That is a fucking awesome score. Yeah, I love oh, that yeah. goddamn movie. And then uh, Firestarter, which... I enjoy that. I love me some George C. Scott, young Drew Barrymore, meh, but George meh. C. Scott is a villain. It's always good. I mean, regardless of what people think about the adaptation, him as a villain is always going to be good. Oh, yeah. You know? And you mentioned Tangerine Dream, and that immediately made me think of Toto mm. with Dune. Yeah. Um, Dune, I know, not horror, but uh, it just put that right in my head as another one of those amazing kind of soundtracks, at least with that science fiction kind of yeah, no, direction. Um, I feel like he worked with... Uh, I feel like they worked with David Lynch on Twin Peaks and uh, something else too. So I feel like it was kind of like a mul- they done they did multiple things. Together. Yes, yeah. I'm gonna throw him out there. I mean, he's a legend and doesn't have to have be have any mention on this podcast. But Williams, Jaws. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you were talking yeah. about a yeah. score controlling the tone, and I mean, honestly. That score is what makes Jaws so effective because Spielberg was struggling with that fucking shark keeps sinking to the fucking bottom of the ocean. (laughs) And so he's like, John, fucking help me out. And that score is essential to that movie. I agree. And that score is essential to all horror. Yeah. Uh, Because Jaws, uh, no one in this day and age, there are two scores that everyone kind of goes to and imitates when they're making fun of something scary. They all go, dun dun Dun-dun. So mm. everyone knows that sound. Everybody can do it with their mouth. So that was a revolutionary score. The other score being that from Deliverance. I throw it out as it's not. I mean, not really a score, but I, the 
Jason, shh, shh, shh. everybody yes. always well, does that. I think no, that counts. It yeah. d- no, it counts. So that's actually a Harry Manfred, Manfredi, Manfredi. Again, I'm probably bastardizing everyone's name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but uh, we'll call you Harry. Harry. Thank you, uh, Harry. He did all the Friday 13 scores up through Jason X. So I don't care so much for the later ones. Yeah, man. But six was solid, though. Well, right. Listeners but there know are scores. There, it's a heavy violin, which heavy on again back to Psycho with um, uh, Bernard Herman. Yes, you brought you bring the violin in for that really fast paced chase, you know, and it, it definitely lets you know that there's something chasing you and it's trying to murder you because then you know it's the it's the violin chase, you know, going fast paced, and then the horns come in to let you know that there's but something to be a crescendo about. How but, how simplistic, like, because I, I mean, I watched I was watching an interview with him, and he said when he was coming up with that that that. Sh- 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 that he just was trying to make like a kill, kill, kill. Yeah. And like, he had like an echo and reverb or something. And to how his voice. like simple, but iconic, like just that quick thing. And everybody repeats it, you know, like now, I said, he said all of them. So that also means he did the badass disco version in part three. I fucking love that. I was going to say, I love that. I'm that, not going to blame him for that. That's, I love that shit, man. That random bump bump. There's something <laughs> fucking awesome, beautifully dude. random as shit about part three like, with uh, this 3D disco-ness. If, everybody, if anybody was to do a horror porn that you've got to use, like, I will, <laughs> let me buy the rights to this song just for this movie. Like, <laughs> just for the horror porn. Just for the horror porn. <laughs> and I, I don't know if we've mentioned Christopher Young yet. Have we mentioned yeah, Christopher Young? On, okay, yeah. well, for me... Uh, I Pet Cemetery that soundtrack I found amazing. Yes, uh, the, the original. From, yeah, the, <laughs> the original. Yes, that. that the, okay, no, no, no. The only Pet Cemetery. <laughs> there you That's go. right. Did uh, they yeah. make another the, the, one? There was only one Pet Cemetery, and it and <laughs> yeah. Christopher Young did an awesome job on that. I I didn't know if we had touched on that yet, but that's one uh, soundtrack. I bought the soundtrack, and I would just drive. Uh, that was driving music for me. Okay. It would keep me awake because it had enough scratchy stuff. I thought of it because you were talking about how the scratchy violins. Mm-hmm. That was like origination of scratchy violin horror for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because the similarity, so it kind of transcends down, you know. Exactly. And then um, also that we came back to him because I, I failed to mention because we went down the Hellraiser with after that. He did do Drag Me to Hell, which I thought the music in that was very yes, very suiting for that movie, mm-hmm. as well as they kind of. Uh, Went back and they threw in the Evil Dead music. Remember when like, because that car is in everything. Remember when she goes oh, to the yeah. wake, the car's there and they bring up like the Evil Dead music. So I, I'm assuming oh, yeah. the same composer did that. Yeah. Christopher Young. Okay. Just bringing up Evil Dead, Um, I did not look up the person's name who did the music for the remake. It's the same guy who did the original. He oh, just really? redid it. Okay. Yeah. But you're talking about the, for the remake, there's that siren sound and that score that is so fucking effective. Do you yeah. Think, you know what I'm talking about? Where, yeah. yeah. Like, and I, I just thought that was fucking genius to add that into that movie. So it's, well, so it's kind of like he basically redid the, what he wanted to do now having more experience and, you know, having the ex- access to the things he didn't have back in <laughs> the low, low DIY days of evil dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> the, the, we are poor. Yes. And we want to make a movie days. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, was just thinking about Resident Evil. And the very first Resident Evil, uh, Marilyn Manson did that soundtrack, and I was actually pretty pleased with that. He, for me, it was interesting to hear that kind of electronica mixed with metal uh, in a horror movie soundtrack. I, th- I thought that was very interesting. What do you guys think on that? Uh, I was actually going to say, I wish that 
people like we had composers that would come out and actually try to utilize things like that just to kind of make it stand out you know because it is it could be that it could be the next score that's like holy fuck you know yeah and honestly uh, that Marilyn speaking of Manson like whenever he gets tired of actually singing like he has got a job all day as a composer somewhere oh, in something yeah. like I don't I feel like you know like why Trent is, Reznor like yeah. Trent Reznor exactly, exactly. Well, well he's kind of the second Trent Reznor yeah in my mind. I mean yeah but I mean exactly you figure like I would love to see in the future or down the road those both of those guys doing scores doing soundtrack music they would be more incredible. than they are yeah 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 I mean Trent Reznor he just like Watchmen did the yeah. whole score and that score is fucking really good and he did this he did do the score for this is not horror but he did do the score for uh girl with a dragon tattoo yeah that intro was, was oh was he did Reznor. the score for social network yes and yeah, it's like right? weird <laughs> dark score for a movie about fucking was, facebook know, it was yeah. kind of dark the dude kind of fucked over everybody i understand <laughs> i'm just saying if you told me back in like the early 90s yeah that dude He's gonna do a fucking score about that social media thing where people poke each other. All right, like you know, like seriously. Where's the connection? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got one I want to throw out real quick. Okay. And the score made such an impression. I gave this show a chance just on the opening sequence and the score. Stranger Things. Oh yes. yeah, the Duffer Brothers. Oh, that takes yeah. you right there. Oh, the 80s. oh yeah, yeah. Kyle Dixon and. Michael something. So I thought that the Dover Brothers had a hand in running that though. I looked at the composers no? and okay. like, yeah. But you were talking about that fucking like that score and the, oh. the logo coming. Yeah. Oh. Everything and about that. That oh. tone and that, oh, that, man. that score set up everything. Absolutely. I mean, I mean obviously the directing and the writing and everything's great on that show, but you gotta have that score. Yeah. Oh yeah. You look for you you wait for that. Oh yeah, it's like I don't know. I, at least I do. I'm like, ah, I never skip it. I never. Oh skip yeah. It. yeah. Oh, I never skip it. As right? soon as as soon as the the music starts, as, as you kind of settle in with your popcorn. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm and, ready. And how, <laughs> and, and how many times do you, do you when you're especially on something like Netflix, when it's like, do you want to skip over the intro? And you're like, fuck yeah. And that time, and every episode, you're like. I want to embrace this shit. Exactly. I, I want to get hyped up. I've yeah. never skipped through it, even through rewatching same seasons. And what's funny is that. You're watching the whole season in one day. The one time it really would kind of be acceptable to skip <laughs> exactly. the opening. Like, nope, but nope. and yet I like I'll watch them back to back. And it, when that theme song's going, I I that's my bathroom break. But I'm not skipping it. And I yeah, think yeah. I think one of the things that helps is is you have that that music and you have the logo come up and then right as it dissolves, you have the name of the episode and there's just something it just fits so fucking well, well together. There's yeah because the the way that ending kind of drags out, it's just kind of like that airy sound as the title comes right through you and then it gets loud for a second and then boom it's gone like it just everything the timing oh, everything works out so well for that yeah oh yeah oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was that was so worth mentioning i, yes. I kind of forgot yeah I, because I it did. made such an i mean i remember that first episode because i remember people were like kind of talking it up and then it was probably like a like a few days after it come out and i heard a few mentions of it. i was like oh, i'll check it out and again i just made such a fucking impression i was like yeah. all right i'm gonna give you a chance Let's do it. Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> um, now I'm three seasons in. <laughs> waiting for four. Oh. And crying about a dude in a Hawaiian shirt dying. <laughs> oh, I know. He's not dead. Shut your face. I know. I know. Shut I your know. face. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. So um, that that's just some of the composers that we know and things that we love because, let's face it, again, as always, you're not going to be able to hit everything. 
unless you want to do like a three hour podcast, which I, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to sit for three hours and record. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't want to edit that. So you don't want us to start talking like somebody from us, you know? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Hunter, I do See not. See how I just threat? I I didn't do the impression. I just brought it up so there you go mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the funny thing is we're gonna think of more composers after we're done with this oh totally because I mean, totally. every horror movie uh every horror movie that's good for the most part has some awesome composer behind it we'll walk out of here and go oh yeah this one from my childhood this yeah. one that just came out like there are uh, so many movies uh, oh i get i get yeah. you sometime this week i'm gonna watch something and be like god i love the score Fuck, I forgot to mention that yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, yeah. I think, like, Groot's, uh, after one of the episodes we did, like, literally on the comments after we posted, I was like, I fucking forgot these movies, and, like, that's oh, yeah. just what happens. Last it's episode painful. about the new renaissance of horror. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he posted, like, four <laughs> movies, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He forgot to mention them. Yeah, sorry we didn't have a three-hour <laughs> podcast. <Yeah. laughs> but that we uh, those, those, are, those are, like, at least the big ones, you know? Like, we definitely got the big ones out of the way right off the bat. So, um, and, yeah, if there's ones that, movies that you know you love and you love the scores for you definitely message us you know email us you let us know the ones you miss and if and if i haven't heard it like i'd love to go check it. i love listening to that stuff you give know? us some feedback seriously i mean like i, I will put on a, a, a soundtrack of just music from a movie of a horror movie or actually any movie while I'm like doing stuff around the house, just have it in the background. That's what I do. Yeah. I don't even listen to normal music anymore. <laughs> I, I like I have a whole collection of like Stuart Gordon movie soundtracks, uh, Alien, Aliens. I've got sound. I listen to more soundtracks than I do the radio. My favorite tradition the last three years when I'm covering pumpkins outside. And I set up Spotify, and it's just all horror scores. There That's, you go. Yeah, and just yeah. listen to it while you're carving pumpkins, fucking embracing the fucking season. Yep. Hell yeah. Now, we're not completely done. We got one more segment. Before we get to that, we just want to talk about our sponsors. Uh, first, OG, oldest, baddest. We got Amazon.com. Uh, tax season's coming up. Hey. Cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> Hook it up. Yeah. So, you go to GIPodcast.com. Go to the top right corner. Click on links. It's the first link. You click through on our Amazon link. It'll take you right to Amazon. You just log in and shop like normal. It, it Literally, it, you just have to take the extra step of going through our website and that's it. Uh, we just get a little kickback from going through our link. And uh, pretty much every soundtrack and or movie we talked about tonight is available on Amazon for purchase. Spend some of that tax money. <laughs> um, Except and, for that hard to find, like, you know, original Dawn of the Dead, Goblin, you know, reissue, whatever. Yeah. Like, so yeah. maybe not everything. <laughs> not everything. Yeah. But most of it. Right? Yeah. 80% of it. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with say. that. I'll go with that. And um, the other one. As being T Public, that is where all our merch is at. We've got shirts uh, with like uh, I think I counted the other day thirty one designs God now. Damn, I know, dude, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. But again, GIPodcast.com, top right corner, click links. T Public is a second one. Go there. It takes you right to our Geekshow Influence merch store, and you can get it on tapestries, wall art, shirts, hoodies, stickers, magnets. Fucking uh, handbags, handbags, uh, toddler mugs, or, uh, onesies. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus, everything, everything but koozies. Fuck you, Hunter. <laughs> Fuck you. So you could have just ignored it, just gone on. But no, no, I can't. Yeah, all right. Just stab at me, stabbing. You're just stabbing me. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we'd love to see our merch being rocked around somewhere. You know that that it's always it's always fun to see. Yeah. Uh, please buy. <laughs> Please. Tax turn. Tax return. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Now that uh now that it is sold my soul, uh, it is time for 
Stone. The Host. All right, so Stump the Host is a rapid-fire trivia segment where we ask the guests to bring six questions and a tiebreaker if needed. And since it is rapid-fire, we have a very short time to answer, and that means if we don't answer, the other person can steal it. So yes. this, this game could be over relatively quick, depending on, A, if we're on our game or not, or B, if we actually know it. Yeah. I'm, I'm paranoid there's going to be one time where literally the guest is going to have, and we're going to get zero for zero. We, we've had it kind of close where <laughs> it was like two close. nothing. I'm like, oh, this right, is Riser, bad. Riser threw out some book questions that definitely threw us both And off. video game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. video game. I think you guys may be okay. Okay. Because, you, right. you know, you're enough like me that I think we've watched a lot of the same horror flicks. We're fans of the, enough of the same stuff, and I kept it mainstream enough. Right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go, I didn't reference my German... My favorite German horror films. My my favorite <laughs> Serbian. No, no, I didn't reference any of that stuff. It's all the mainstream stuff, for the most part. You guys might be okay. So if you paid attention. Uh, yeah. You, so you get to decide which one of us goes first. I see. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, just go low down. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, then that just that means you just gave him the easy one because I the first one's pretty easy. Fuck. Where's that coin? Where's that coin? You already did it. Nope. Yeah. I, okay. Here's Watch a really easy one. I, I threw in. Yeah. I, I like, you know, the, uh, what German word? Oh. Oh, now I, I, I came up with three name that monster questions. Okay. All right. Oh, boy. So the first name that monster. Don't be too nervous. You got this. All right. What is the given name of the giant underground monsters in the film series Tremors? Oh, Graboids. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. That might be the easiest question I've got here. <laughs> Sweet. I'm glad I got awesome. it. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Shit. Now, but I now I first. trust that you know this movie just fine. All right. Now it's, it's a matter of not getting your tongue twisted. Oh, and fuck. If, if you need me to, to say the letters out, I will spell it for our audience. Oh, man. I've, All like... right. What does Chud stand for? Oh god damn it! God damn it! Um, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna draw a blank and I'm gonna beat myself up because I I know this all the time, but fucking right now. Mm. Go ahead, see. Go ahead, low down. I know like three of the words. Okay, like good. Humanoid uh, underground under, dweller. Yeah. Okay, you got the second three. The first one is cannibalistic. That's Cannibal the one. Cannibalistic I was humanoid underground, underground dweller. I was going with that C, and it was throwing me off. So yeah. I was like, son of a bitch. And yeah. I don't want to say one. Right. Well, that's a that's a watch. But, yeah, yeah that's so. that watch. that is definitely that kind of question that I always know that until I'm asked. See, I, can mm -hmm. I you, think that's how it is for everybody. I, I can tell you who's in it. Containers, right? Yeah, it's the only time. Well, no, they, they they kind of mention it. Okay. They, they throw it around a little. Yeah. Okay, I can yeah. tell you who's in it. It's got Dan Stern and like, <laughs> mm. fuck. You yeah. see, I'm the asshole that asks that question. Yeah. That sounds like it should be an easy question for anybody. Yeah, but it it's, be, uh, but... it's <sighs> yeah, it's the, it's the name of the movie. Yeah. All right, all right. Question number three. Mm. All right, so this goes back to you. Now. Yes. All yes. right. In Cabin of the Woods, what is the first character archetyped to be sacrificed to the old ones? Oh, the uh, the Virgin. Wrong, the slut. Oh, can no, you I say meant, that I better? Meant the slut. Uh, the... I meant the slut. Uh, she Fuck. is the slut, but there's a correct term. 
Fucking oh, 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 the mm, Jezebel, like no, oh, the mm, God I, damn it! Um, I actually meant the slut, but starts with the H, but I can't think of what the, the term is. The whore, the whore, <laughs> yeah, no. the whore is the right answer. Back to me. Okay. Back to me. <laughs> oh, 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 he oh, helped you out. Okay, how second. is that? So we cancel? You want to cancel it? Want to cancel I mean, it out? You, you, uh, slut whore, <laughs> slut whore. Are we really? You, you were real close. You were. You had it right. That's your call, though. Um, the the slut is who wins, but whore is the archetype. The virgin was definitely she's the one I'm, that survived. I meant to say, none of them survived. Oh right, yeah. yeah they all died. If there is a complete opposite of the slut, it yeah, would be it the, the virgin. virgin. Exactly. And I meant to say. <laughs> so... you, no, you get you get that one. Okay. Yeah. I, I'll, yeah. I'll call that because and I actually meant to say because I was thinking of the blonde chick with Chris Hemsworth in the woods, and I said the virgin for some fucking reason. I don't yeah. even know why I said it. Yeah. Like, literally, that scene went through I mean, my head when I said it. There's one with not taking any dick, and there's ones with hands full of dick. If it's horror slut, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, so, one, one. You go. <laughs> all right, yeah. all right. That's a family-friendly mouse of badness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Bag of dicks. All right, you guys ready for another Name That Monster? Oh, uh, here you go. All right. And now this is on, is on for you. Uh, yep. Let's see. Name That Monster. What is the name of the ancient demon that Bruce Campbell must defeat in the film My Name is Bruce? Mm. Mm. I am drawing a fucking blank. Yeah, this, I am I not on my A game at all. Well, also, I... Because I, I, I want to say I mummy, but that's fucking Baba Hotep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on that one, too. You want to watch that one? I guess so. How to wash? Oh, okay. the virgin. I, the virgin. I was. I, <laughs> the virgin. I was, I, was, I was hoping we'd all get to sing this song together. So, have you guys seen My Name Is I Bruce? I have. Love that movie. The demon that he has to has to vanquish is Gwandi. and they have this whole theme song for him. Gwandi is his name. I do not. Guan do. Trying to think of the last Gwandi. time I watched My Name Is Bruce. Yeah, so honestly, I think he's watched it much more recently. Than Actually, him. I haven't. I I got it when it first came out, but I'm such. A Bruce Campbell whore uh-huh. that it, it I, it's just in my mind forever. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. We, we right. sucked on that one. <laughs> okay. I, think, I feel like we let him down with that. I, I'm, I'm surprised. No. Uh-huh. I'm surprised. Nice way of saying let down. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. We're so going to go. Are right, you guys ready for the next one? It's boom. Uh, for you, um, the human centipede. Oh, oh shit. God. The villain portrayed by Dieter Laser does not have a wife. What is his reason? What is the reason he gives for being single? Oh, fuck if I know. God, I haven't watched a movie in years. Me neither. It's not a movie I want to rewatch, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I, like, I, it's, I watch it once, I'm good. And right. to, uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a clue. This is at the beginning of the movie when, uh, when the ladies say, so, do you live here with your wife? Mm. There goes the clue. Yeah, Hunter, you got anything? No oh. penis. That's no. all I have. All right, yep. well. Yeah. All right. He, he looks to them and, and says... No, I do not like human beings. Ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he likes Fuck. human centipedes. Right. No, I mean, we're just, yeah, we're, that, and again, that's a movie, like, I literally, I watched one, I kind of made it through part of two, and I didn't watch three. Holy, uh, well, yeah, because two, the, having it in black and white is... Uh. 
good and bad because yeah. you don't know what's shit and what's uh, blood. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. yeah, yeah. That was <laughs> that was a genius of having it in black and white. Is you're like I am disgusted, but I don't know what I'm disgusted by. Yeah, yeah. Is someone shitting all over it, or is that blood sprayed <laughs> everywhere? Who knows? <laughs> I've lost track of whose turn it is. Oh, last question. Uh, yeah, Home last Hunter. question. Yeah, and I have a tiebreaker, but both of you know the answer to that based on our conversations okay. tonight. Last question, though. This is a more recent horror movie, so you can't say it's been too long. Ah, hey, it's right. horror sci-fi. Okay. All right. This is a name that monster question. Mm. No shit. I'm okay. not doing well so far. What is the name given to the shape-changing creature that delights in crawling down people's throats and ripping them apart from the inside in the film Life? Oh, fuck. Oh, I feel like it's something... I just watched that. Would you, is Jake Gyllenhaal, right? <laughs> yes. God damn it. Is it like a nickname or is it like the actual oh, species name? It's not a species name. No, it's a name. nickname. It's a nickname. I know. I fucking just watched this like four months ago, five months I ago. I tried to block the movie out of my Yeah, me money. too. It was disgusting. Yeah, it's it was the first disgusting. thing I saw in the theater that I thought I thought I might just get up and walk out because I was so disgusted. It was gross. It's a yeah. play on words from fuck me. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember it. I was saying, I, I was like, I just, I, I'll just I, say a nick. I can remember the scenes, yeah, but I, I just like, I guess I was so you get so distracted about uh, about the thing crawling down the guy's throat, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the horrible. Yeah. All right, you guys give up, yeah. yeah. Calvin, god damn it, it Calvin the little throat monster. That's why I was like, uh, throw out any random fucking name. So, so it's one one. So one, we kind of need the tiebreaker. So I guess how do we do this? Whoever raises his hand first, I guess we yeah. haven't done a tiebreaker in yeah. a while. All so. right, you okay? Whoever. You might have to just yell this out, and I'll try and see who gets it first, because you both know it. Mm -hmm. All right. <clears throat> In Bubba Hotep, the mummy extracts human souls through which orifice? Ass. <laughs> All right. You just barely, ah, barely got it. it out first. Okay. I was like, <laughs> That's the kind of question, if, if I were one of you, I would have definitely yelled it before I finished the question. <laughs> but you got that. Okay. That was more of time than anything else. Was yeah. I was like, all right, once he has finished, and then you were like, ass. I'm like, yeah. all right. Ah, painful. Nice. All right. Ah. I got you guys on you some did. stuff. No, yeah, that's good. We, want, okay. we like it, though. Awesome. Because, yeah, I bet the, the listeners got, got those right. Okay. And then they can just like, Yell at yeah. us that we're stupid. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah okay. I would, I would do that. So All right. I, expect... I was, I was worried that I, I was going too easy on you guys. No, no, it, no. it, it depends. It's really a like it's, it depends. Uh, uh, there's on some the things, day. Yeah, some things I just don't remember. I mean, there's so much shit up here. Like yeah. honestly, in my brain. I just, I hate it when I know the answers. Like Chud, I, I might not have been able to answer that. Mm -hmm. I, like I hate it when stuff like that just leaves my mind when mm -hmm. I know the answer. I've seen, yeah. the movie. I have the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I answer this? It, it, and it that happens. happens all the time. Yeah. It does. So it's really just who's ever on, like, say, who's, who's ever on their game is really. Man, this, yeah. should, came, this should came down to a tiebreaker. It's it been a little, I think it's been a little while for it a tiebreaker. It has been. Yeah. It has nice. been. That's good. Nice. That's good. So, I, I would like to come back. Yeah. So, right. say, Fabian, thank you for, uh, it was a pleasure having you. I had so much fun. Thank you. Good. Guys. Awesome. Thanks for and, having uh, me. You have some some socials you want to throw out for your the only thing i i really care to promote at the moment okay i'll, I'll throw out two things uh if you're in the richmond area my band synthetic nightmare will be doing a show on the fourth of july for a cancer benefit but guess what i don't 
off the top of my head know where that is. So if you want to follow Synthetic Nightmare on Facebook or wherever, uh, we'll post where that show is going to be a little later. That's 4th of July, so we have a few months to get it figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's going to be happening. That'll be fun. The other thing is the rock opera I'm working on now uh, based on H.P. Lovecraft stuff and alien stuff. It's goofy. It's silly. It's all over the place. And it's a rock opera with actually pretty heavy, good music. Yeah, it's, it's very industrial and, and metal-y it's heavy. Uh, at this point. Yeah, it's called that. Forsaken Rock Opera of Chaos. And you can find that on Facebook on uh, Photogonrod, facebook.com slash Photogonrod. That's hard to spell. Let's see. That's F-H-T-A-G-N-R-O-D. Mm. I'll probably add a couple links. Yes. Short for... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's short for Photogon Rock Opera of Doom. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll go ahead and I'll just... I'll make it easy for him. Just, oh, thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying. Help him out, you know? So, uh, yeah. This was good. Like I said, you know... Let's we, throw a quick shout out. Just a reminder. GalaxyCon. GalaxyCon. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be there. Fuck yeah. That's all. Yeah. I mean, six panels. We're going to do two Friday, two Saturday, two Sunday. From the Mouths of Madness is the 545 to 645 time slot on Sunday. And what's the name of our... Uh, the Kills That Made Us. Ah, yes. We are going to... <laughs> Why do I go on radio voice? Oh, yes. Oh, uh. yes. Um, no, we're going we, We're going to show clips from uh, some of our favorite kills, things that got us when we were younger and, ma- and like into the genre. You know, the kills that we remember, like, holy fuck. The early warning signs. Yeah, yeah. the early warning signs. <laughs> but also, also some like the iconic kill scenes that kind of traveled through horror and opened up the doors and kind of broadened the horizon for a cinematography uh the imagination that went into some of these fucking kill scenes yeah you know and um there will be a live stump the host so everybody show up because you will get a chance to stump us oh shit after we go through the <laughs> all the clips so yeah take pleasure nice. in making us look stupid on stage yeah yep, yep. so <laughs> follow we, my example yeah and there uh yeah so all there's Every, there's six, six panels, two a day, and um, it's February 28th through March 1st. Yes. Yep. Friday through Saturday at the Richmond Convention Center. Please come out. Not and not and even not just for us. It's there's some killer fucking guests. It, it's it's a good time. Tons of other events. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So everyone, until next time, we will talk to you later. We are back for 2020's GalaxyCon happening February 28th through March 1st in the Richmond Convention Center. And uh, we've got six panels for you this time. We had five last time. We've got six for you this time. Five live recorded podcasts and a Adventures in Podcasting panel as well. The schedule goes February 28th at from 5 to 5.50. We've got the Geeks Under the Influence panel. Six to seven on Friday is Smack My Pitch Up. Saturday from 4 to 4.50 is Geek Father. 
and uh, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. is Beautiful Disasters. That's going to be both showing a main feature film and then discussing it afterwards. They're going to be showing Space Truckers and then uh, showing both Space Truckers segments while talking about it and also segments of other films featuring celebrities that are at GalaxyCon. Then Sunday from 4 to 4.50 is Adventures in Podcasting where you can hear stories about our times uh, it, with Geeks Under the Influence doing podcasting, stories from other conventions, stories from recording, and insights, information, uh, helpful clues if, if you are interested in getting into podcasting yourself. Then one of our newest shows, 5.45 to 6.45, is From the Mouths of Madness with my co-host from GUI, Lowdown Brown, and Fuck You Hunter, as they discuss the favorite kills from horror movies, I believe, is their, uh, is their subject matter. So come out to the GalaxyCon and the Richmond Convention Center, February 28th to March 1st, and enjoy some Geeks Under the Influence live. It's free with uh, paid admission. Find more information at GUIPodcast.com or any of our social medias. We will see you there. <laughs>